anybody, didn't anybody tell you, didn't anybody tell you how to gracefully disappear in a room? Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. This is your host, Kara. It's just going to be you and me this episode. I'm calling this episode Three Years of Madness, 40 Long Years of Wilderness Wandering. It's just a solo episode because I'm going to be sharing what's been going on with me recently and the last three years and actually the last 40 years. I just turned 40 last September. It is a real milestone and anyone who's not there yet, I'm just going to let you know it's going to sneak right up on you Um, like a thief in the night. All of a sudden you wake up and you're 40 and the midlife crisis thing is pretty real. You start looking at everything in your life, at least I did, and I have, and you just really evaluate what you want and how you want to live, and you really, you know, you see that this life goes by fast, and yeah, it's been a crazy 40 years for me. It was wilderness wandering. I didn't even know it. it now though I'm I'm reading the Bible chronologically I'm a fifth to about a fourth the way through about finishing I'm in Deuteronomy and then I'm also simultaneously reading the New Testament Old Testament New Testament Psalms and Proverbs every day and I have learned so much reading the Bible this way and really understanding God and God's um, what he's been doing in my life and as you all know for the first almost 40 years of my life, I was a non-believer. I thought Jesus was a fictitious character. Um, the Bible was full of tall tales, a long game of telephone, and um, Christians were completely deceived, and I wanted nothing to do with any of that. Then 2020 happened, and I fell into the three years of madness, which we're going to talk about in this episode. This is kind of a mini testimony from me. And... I ended up, at the end of it all, becoming a believer, walking through the last door I ever thought I ever would. So I'm going to be giving this little kind of mini testimony of the last three years of madness, 2020 through currently, and then also a little bit about my 40 long years of wilderness wandering and why I have come to determine that the last 40 years of my life were very significant and tied to the plight of the Israelites due to their disobedience and unbelief. Um, They were cursed to wander the wilderness for 40 years because they didn't trust God that he would bring them to the promised land and they didn't listen to him. They were disobedient and they had an unbelief. Well, I was very disobedient and did not have a belief, a strong belief in God, especially not Jesus, for almost 40 years. So it's just significant to me to make that comparison. Here's a little bit from the preface of my memoir, Here Comes Trouble, which is going to be coming out very soon. Everyone is chasing the same thing in this life. We are all looking for something bigger, a reason to get up each day and move forward in this world, a justification for being alive. Endlessly we look, 
spending our whole life trying to discover something that makes each of our lives unique, but we don't even know what we're searching for. My life was the same, an endless exploration for my purpose in this world, desperately trying to uncover how I was alive and what this was all for. Eventually, I found it. I discovered we are all looking for the same thing, and there is only one way to find it. There's only one door leading to the answer. It was the last place I looked. Behind it, I found the only thing that matters in this life. So, in 2019, I found out that I had been misdiagnosed uh, bipolar, and I was told by my psychiatrist that I could get off my pills, that I could titrate off my pills. I had been on high-dose pharmaceuticals for like eight years. I was up to like 20 pills a day at my height, and I had gone to sleep, fallen asleep. Like I lost myself, my zest for life. I had some physical health problems. I was still having mental health problems, and that's how I spent most of my 30s, to be honest, and that's really sad like looking back now, um, because I was about 38 when I found out I'd been misdiagnosed and I got off the pills. And what happened was, is I came back to life. Like my brain started working again. Like I started thinking for myself. And this was in 2020 when I was finally really getting off my pills. And of course, the pandemic was hitting at that time too. And I was like, this is the worst time to be coming off these pills because the pills would numb me and just kind of like make me complicit to everything and not like questioning anything. Um, okay. Like there's something wrong with me. I'm told I'm bipolar. Um, this is uncurable. It's a chemical imbalance. I have to have these pills. Um, this, I felt broken and I believe that I would be this way for life. So coming off the pills, I didn't have that same, excuse or blanket to just cover things up and be just like complicit and not question things. I had to start looking at things and feeling. And this was when COVID really hit in 2020. And I was the most fearful person that I knew when this happened. Like I, and I think that part of this was coming off the pills. I was feeling a lot more and it was a scary situation. I was still asleep to this world. I didn't know what was going on. I believe what I heard on the news, I was an NPR on the hour listener, uh, religiously. That was my religion was NPR. And I mean, I knew that this was coming in January, 2020. And I was like, so afraid and it hit by March, 2020, you know, um, I was wearing masks and kitchen rubber kitchen gloves at the pharmacy to pick up prescriptions. I wasn't talking to people. I was screaming at neighbors if they got too close to me without masks. It was I was the worst. But I was getting off these pills and I was coming back alive. Not in the right way. But what happened was is I continued to make a long story short, that spring I started kind of questioning things and I started questioning my natural hatred to Donald Trump, because I had this hatred. I hated Donald Trump. I was a liberal. I was so mad when he beat Hillary in 2016. Like, I literally left social media at the time because I was, I wanted nothing to do with that. I couldn't look at anything that had to do with Donald Trump. And, uh, but I started questioning my hatred for him, um, in spring 2020. And what happened was, is it led me to looking at 
people who followed him and who they were and how they were insane because I thought, well, a woman would have to be insane to like Donald Trump because he's a sexual predator. You know, he's grabbing by the pussy Trump like he cheated on his pregnant wife, all of this stuff. I'm like, who? how could people, especially women, like him? So I started looking at their accounts online. And what happened was is I saw I'm a pattern finder. Like I notice patterns really well. I'm very observant. I notice the unusual when something's out of place. And I saw this hashtag that all these really nice looking Christian women, they seem to be mostly Christian, like patriotic women with their MAGA hats. They also had this save the children hashtag. And I was like, what the heck is save the children? I had never heard of that. I didn't know the children needed saving um, from Donald, maybe, but these were Donald fans. So I followed the hashtag and essentially into the rabbit hole. And I started realizing that things weren't what I thought around here. What I was hearing on NPR, this fake news thing that Trump had been talking about might just be true. Um, <laughs> I started switching the channel and I saw that like he was being represented in a different light and realized that I guess he had made all of these uh, moves that b- dismantled human trafficking groups and he was passing more laws to break up pedophiles and put them in jail and created human trafficking month in January and did all these things I didn't even know about. And so it, it like basically it was like lightning crashing into my mind and I started questioning everything I believed in. I'm getting off these pills. Um, I'd been di- misdiagnosed by five psychiatrists. I got put to sleep on these pills. They change who you are. They stole like almost a decade of my life, my 30s. And then this pandemic hits. I'm so afraid. I was ready to buy a vaccine off the black market if I could. <laughs> like I was like say like desperate, you know. I was like I have to get my hands on this. I'm so afraid. Um and then I started questioning what was going on in this world because something wasn't feeling right as I'm simultaneously getting off my pills and waking up. I questioned Donald and realized he's not the bad, horrible, horrible, bad man I'd been making memes about as a Cheetoed face um, womanizer. He actually had done good things and it started waking me up and I fell into the rabbit hole finding the Save the Children hashtag and soon after got red-pilled, watched a video of... Chrissy Teigen and John Legend on the red carpet and the um, reporter asked them what the craziest thing they'd ever done was. And they're like, oh, it happened with Obama at the White House. And I was like, what are they talking about? And another rabbit hole, da, 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 da. Soon um, I'm attending moon ceremonies uh, with a, a group in town that practiced magic, that did things like I did. I was big into psychedelics. They did psychedelics. They... Um, did moon ceremonies on Zoom, and it was, you know, I was looking for friends that were questioning reality. I was looking for things to do. The world was still shut down. So basically, I I fell into the rabbit hole, and things were never the same. I started questioning reality, and I couldn't stop. I'd been questioning reality for 40 long years, wilderness wandering, I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. No one ever talked to me about God or Jesus or anything. Um, I'd been to church a couple times with some friends, and that was all I knew. And people hated it. I had friends that called their uh, CCD Children's Catholic Dungeon, that like their Bible school, their summer school that they went to. Like I didn't know much about God at all, except for I believed in him. I believed in something. I knew that. But, you know, I would 
pray time to time as a kid. I would talk to God. And, you know, sometimes when I heard a thunderstorm, I'd think that was God bowling in the sky. I believed in something more, but I didn't know what it was. And I wanted to know what it was. I see that now. And, you know, I was very sensitive. That's why I was misdiagnosed bipolar. I think a lot of people who are very sensitive feel a lot. And we understand each other in a way that others may not because they don't go to that depth in feeling. And so sometimes that can be seen as like something's wrong with us um, or because we're feeling so much and we're acting a certain way. And that's why we get on these medicines to numb us and subdue us. But you look at the greatest artists of time and people that feel felt or saw this world differently. They're often those ones that have the same attributes as bipolar. Like I don't even believe in these conditions. I think that all of this stuff stems from just spiritual oppression and um, sin in our lives, not being understood, not being loved or cared for a trauma which leads to dissociation, which leads to mind programming. And it's really like, um, yeah, it's it's all by design. It's, it's a mental trap. But I don't believe the chemical imbalance theory hasn't even been proven. So they tell you you have a chemical imbalance when they say you're bipolar. But, you know, I was always sensitive as a kid and um, I had anxiety and uh, later in life panic issues. And that's a you know, a whole nother testimony. My book goes into all of this and we'll have details on all um, during those times in my life. But the thing that's important that I want to say right now is, is I wanted to know, to know God. And even when I was in rehab, when I was in my uh, 20s, I went to rehab. Again, all in the book, all the coming very soon, I promise. And I had to work the steps in AA, everybody had to do it in rehab. And I chose to make the sun my higher power. You have to have a higher power to work the steps. And I see that now is like, it's absolute crazy. It's so crazy, but it's not, it's not a surprise it happened. That's sun worship. That's Ra, the sun god. People who are pagan that worship the sun, that would, they'd think someone's god. But I remember always, like wondering who god was. And I'm telling you, I had never opened the Bible. I even have a degree in English, literary interpretation, never opened the Bible. Um, managed to avoid taking any courses on it in college, like literally avoided anything that was going to be about the Bible or reading it. It was crazy. I couldn't even say the name Jesus comfortably. And I was having nightmares at the time and I couldn't sleep and I was afraid to go to sleep. So a friend was like, in rehab, was like, have you ever prayed to God or asked for God to take care of that? And I was like, mm, I don't really do that. But I did it that night in my journal. I asked for a good night's sleep from God. And I remember after having like a whole month of being plagued by nightmares every single night, like my nightmares were like, they looked like I was in hell, like fire and brimstone. And I don't know what was going on in my life. Um, but I mean, I was doing a lot. I had started doing psychedelics, honestly. Like when I looked back writing my book, it was like the year prior that my really like started having this panic problem and this in really massive, honestly, it was like spiritual oppression because I was not a believer. I couldn't have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was right before, you know, before I had this like massive panic attack that wouldn't go away that sent, that made me decide to go to rehab you know, I think that this could possibly have been stemming from me entering the spirit world and messing with the spirit world, doing these psychedelics and being a non-believer. I don't know. This is just, it's, again, it's all in the book in lots of details. 
But in rehab, you know, I wrote this letter to God and I asked for a good night's sleep and I woke up the next day and it was like, like my prayers had been answered. Like I had the best night's sleep. And I did have these moments where I would go to God and I would pray to him in desperation, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't, I thought he was a joke, literally a joke. And a fictitious character made up in a play called the Bible and I didn't think he had ever lived. So then he couldn't have been crucified. He sure couldn't have risen from the dead. And he wore up dorky sandals and I wanted nothing to do with him. So that was when I fell into the rabbit hole, and that was what started the really the three years of madness. And I think a lot of us went through the three years of madness where 2020 hit, however it affected us, it affected us, everybody was affected by that. And then the not, like the last three years have just kind of been the fold out of it. And three years is really a significant number, especially to God. There's the three persons of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Noah had three sons. There were three fathers of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Ark of the Covenant had three objects, a gold jar of manna, manna Aaron's budded staff, and the tablets of the commandments. Daniel prayed three times a day. A day. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days. According to the law, men had to present themselves at the temple three times a year at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of the Weeks, and the Feast of the Tabernacles. Satan tempted Jesus three times in the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus was in the grave for three days. And if it begins all things with the very nature of God being who is and who was and who is to come. That's Revelation 1-4. In his form before the world began, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coexisted three in one in perfect harmony and in love with one another. I believe that God works in threes. He shows us that. And I think three is a very significant number for the fact even that Satan tempted Jesus three times in the wilderness. And I just did my 40 years in the wilderness. I finished Exodus, and I really understand now like how God delivered the Israelites from Egypt out of slavery, and he brought them into the wilderness for 40 years because during this time that he was delivering them, they didn't have faith that they could overcome a, one of the groups that he said that they needed to fight to take their land. And that was when, um, you know, they're like, we were the size of the grasshoppers of them. Is that to be, people believe this was um, maybe like giants or, you know, heroes of the time. They were bigger than them, that they couldn't overcome them. But God said, do it anyways, but they didn't. And so for their lack of, for their disobedience and their lack of belief, God sent them to the wilderness for 40 years. Um one year for every 40 days, I guess, that they disobeyed God. Anyways, I just turned 40, and my wilderness, I feel, was my time as an unbeliever, where I was lost and ever-searching and never finding the truth. 
And it took me the last 40 years to find what I was looking for. And the last three years was really like the climax of it all. When I was reading the Old Testament, I really noticed how much 40 is a significant number. And me being 40 right now and being at this place in my life where I'm a new believer, I'm reading the Bible for the first time ever after avoiding it my whole life. Okay, so 40 is significant. Like Genesis 7:12, rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Um, Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights to get the Ten Commandments from God. After his baptism, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan three times, fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Um, And then after his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus walked with his disciples for 40 days and 40 nights before ascending to heaven. Um, As I mentioned, the Israelites wandered 40 years in the wilderness, wilderness wandering, before they entered the promised land. And Moses said that God orchestrated that to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. And I believe the first 40 years of my life was my test where God was checking my heart to see if I would keep his commandments. I really like feel that so much when I look at the 40 years and me being at this age right now in my life. 40 is an interesting number. When you look at the word quarantine, it's said to derive from it, specifically from the Italian word quarantina, and the CDC says that in old times, ships would arrive from Venice from infected ports that were required to anchor for 40 days before landing. This is presumably to give diseases time to die off. Wow. I I don't know, but a 40-day fast or a 40-day you know, giving up something that's significant. And Lent also, I believe, is 40 days right before Easter Sunday. So 43 are very profound numbers biblically to God. I used to be like, oh, synchronicities, like uh, numbers and look at the clock and uh, nonsense. You never get anything from that. But when you go to the Bible, to the 66 books, the canon, Um, And you look at what does God have to say about 40 or three or anything that you want to know about? What does God want to know about? Tell me about anger. What does God want to tell me about grief? He has stories for that. He has an answer for you in the Bible for everything. Not how to make an apple pie or how to tie your shoes, but I'm talking about the things that matter. Back to 2020. This is from my memoir. When 2020 hit the world like an ice storm, first freezing us all in fear, then eventually melting away to expose what I thought was that missing piece to my life, the truth. I experienced an awakening. A new broader path opened up in my world, exposing beneath the frost the knowledge and wisdom I thought I had always been searching for. I fell fast down this once frozen path, feeling as though I was now discovering who I was. I had finally found my purpose in life. I became elated, eating up everything I could discover thinking that I had finally filled that deep cavern within me. However, I quickly learned I was only forging a more significant and faulty foundation that would soon devour me from within. So by the time summer 2020 hit, I really had fallen into the rabbit hole. Um, You know, I'd spent, like I mentioned many times before, most of my life 
searching for God and trying to get better and figure out what was wrong with me because I was always on this roller coaster of disease, like up and down and just, you know, um, taking a lot of psychedelics and going into, not even knowing about the spirit world, not even knowing that there was anything dangerous there or that that was going on, you know, seeing spirits and talking to them and just thinking I was taking psychedelics and having fun and Honestly, what was happening, though, is I was really mentally ill. Like, I was depressed. I had anxiety. I had um, given up on myself. I was idolizing pharmaceutical medicine and, and I had, didn't have a belief, a strong belief in God. I, I never went and worked on that relationship. I was of this world for more and for seeking more and knowing more. So I started meeting people that were like-minded and also searching, and I started practicing moon ceremonies and practicing magic with a group and learning about astrology and human design and numerology. I quickly learned I was a 33 in numerology and that was a big deal. And I had this new spiritual path I had to go down and I started taking more psychedelics and opening circles with people that I had met, like practicing magic and like astral projecting and mind melding. I mean, this stuff is real. Like, this stuff is, it's very real. And I started learning about this stuff, like Aleister Crawley and like um, the, the, the the Babylon working with Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard and the Alma Trier working that Aleister Crawley had done and how they had summoned these beings in. And I started, you know, going to a medium and connecting with her and getting activations and the spirit world was coming to me and talking to me. And I was a natural, like I said, very sensitive and was saw the spirit world and the spirits would talk like would come and talk to me like this is it's crazy i would take psychedelics and all of a sudden like something would start talking to me and it would be i knew it was not of like this normal world that it was from the spirit world like i knew the spirit world existed i had no idea that it was dangerous the thought never crossed my mind when i would um when i took dmt and i blasted out of my body and i became one with this infinite energy in some unknown place in outer space. And this being came and talked to me and basically like started in the process of enlightenment on me, which continued in, as I did more psychedelics. So when I started waking up in 2020, when the three years of madness started, I was already on this quest in the spirit world and taking psychedelics and practicing magic, not even knowing it for like, I wanted to activate myself full like I wanted to use that supposed 90% of the brain that we weren't using and I connected with a group of people that were into the same thing I saw that this world wasn't what I thought so I was going to the spirit world and I was literally like reckless mind melding with spirits like getting keys um seeing flashes of like downloads coming into me like hieroglyphics in front of me like I said beings would come and talk to me and tell me things I was seeing a medium and she was telling me I was you know, part of this um, galactic federation, this like um, group of, of, of spirits that were here to help humanity. And I was part of that and I was helping and I started watching channelers or, who talked about this stuff and attending meetings. I was going crazy. Like I can see that now. Like I started collecting idol statues. I didn't have any before. Like I, I never did this. And by the end of 2020, I had like 10 idol statues like Vishnu, Krishna, Ganesh, Apollo, um, 
Because I wanted to be like Lucifer or Baphomet. It's what they basically what they look. That's what they are. I didn't have those statues, but these idol statues, all these spirits are just the same thing. It's all it's evil, and we're not supposed to have these spirits around. These are the false gods. I believe this is tied to the fallen angels, the ones God cast out of heaven. And I was totally worshiping the wrong world, and that was my you know part of my forty years of wilderness wandering. I had to go through that. And then I started working as a psychic channeler, uh, spring of 2021, realized, okay, I can do this. And I was so busy. I had to like close appointments. I, I did, I, I, I couldn't even believe it, but I, it was, I was natural. It was easy for me to do this. And, but then, you know, you've all heard my testimony. Then one day I was doing a channeling session and Jesus, a vision of Jesus came into my psychic plane. Now, I do not believe that was Jesus, like the Jesus, you know, the Jesus. That was just a vision in my psychic plane that came through. God met me where I was at. And that's what the psychic plane is. It's it's visions, you know, it's it's an energetic field. And when you can also see spirits with your eyes open in this reality, but I would channel with my in my mat like third eye. So I saw Jesus and ever after that moment that he came into my mind. Like I had never seen him like that before. I didn't even believe in him. I wasn't. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Jesus is here." When it happened, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I have to tell my client Jesus is here, and my whole life changed after that. Like I literally, like that was crazy. Like I, so I fell into the rabbit hole. I learned about MK Ultra. I learned about all these, you know. Um, all the con- conspiracies, the Titanic and uh, Bohemian Grove and spirit cooking and um, false idols and just, you know, um, Killery and the pandemic. I learned all of that kind of stuff. Save the Children, Adrenochrome, Pizzagate, all the QAnon stuff, a lot of it. And I didn't even know about QAnon because I just like, it's crazy. The timing that I woke up was like when QAnon was on a hiatus, but the QAnon conspiracies were what was floating in the rabbit hole. And those were the easy pickings. And that's what you find when you first fall in there. And that's all by design. And so I fell into that in 2020 in my three years of madness. And then I was at simultaneously practicing magic and accelerating my awakening as fast as I could eating up from the tree of knowledge. Um, I start working as a channeler. Jesus comes into my life and rocks my world. I I read, in, I don't know how, but I got my hands on Deuteronomy and I read about how God's going to like, he's like all the divinators, all the channelers, all the mediums, the astrologers, I'm going to like toss you up and burn you in the fire. And I was like, whoa, that's intense, God. What, why, why? What's so wrong with the spirits in the spirit world? This is, what's wrong with it? Oh, Okay, I didn't realize that the spirit world's been like tormenting people and lying to people and leading them astray to hell because it's a purposeful trap to keep us off the path. You don't want to go to the left or the right. You want to go through the narrow gate. And that's Jesus. And it was the one thing I literally had been avoiding my whole life. And all of a sudden he came into my life and it was like the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's the moment that the Holy Spirit blasted me and like got me, got my attention. But I changed after that. I stopped channeling. I stopped practicing magic, like practically like overnight. I just was, I learned about Doreen Virtue, who's this ex-channeler 
who was saved out of the new age too and became a believer in Jesus. And I thought she was insane. She talked about throwing your Buddha statues away. I thought this lady's insane. I, I can't, she, she triggered me. And, but something happened where I saw, I saw what, what she was talking about. And it, and I, I, I just became convicted that Jesus had lived. That was God in the flesh. And he died for our sins. It just overcame me. And that's honestly how you test the spirit. What does someone believe? Who do they believe Jesus are? Is that, was that God in the flesh? Do they believe he died for our sins and that's the only way to salvation? All of a sudden I got it. After years of worshiping Ganesh, honestly, I would see Ganesh and Buddha in the spirit world all the time for like a decade. Like they were frequent friends of mine. And I would see Green Terra, Quetzalcoatl. I would... um I, you know, um, Quan Yen, I spent, I went to Quan Yen's temple in the spirit world once. Like, I, this is all in my memoir, Here Comes Trouble. Like, it all makes sense when it's laid out in my life and you hear my story. Um, but you'll see, like, I, I, I literally, like, avoided Jesus my whole life. And that was the one thing I was always supposed to find. And that happened in um, spring of 2021. Uh, right after 2020, I fell in the rabbit hole and started accelerating my awakening, practicing magic. And then by the time 2021 hit, uh, Jesus came into my life, the most unexpected visitor that I would have ever have thought. And my whole life started changing. And I started seeing that I'd gone kind of insane the last year, especially, which was ironic, considering I had gotten off my pills in 2019 after being told I was crazy, bipolar, and then found out I wasn't and got completely off my pills and, but then just started believing in these like crazy narratives about how we had past lives and, um, you know, the spirits were our friends and we're supposed to work with them and practice magic. And I was supposed to be a shaman and I was supposed to be a healer and I was supposed to heal people and, um, work as a channeler. And I had these gifts and, and I was, you know, part of this galactic federation that was here to help humanity. And I was special and it was all lies, all lies from the spirit world. And I only saw that through Jesus through God saving me you really really feel it when you've been saved and i i saw that i was i was going i was going crazy i literally was like i would see orbs and spirits and stuff and i was constantly having like because I was a natural channel, I had no boundaries, like voices would come and and talk to me in my head, and, and I, I would get suicide ideation a lot, um, where the voices would even, like, tell me to kill myself. Um, all, the spirit world's not just going to give you good stuff. It's going to take root inside of you, and it's going to use you as a vessel, and it's going to take over your life, and it's going to control you and handle you. I do believe that there is mind programming going on. Now, the cover conspiracy is MKUltra for sure. The like you get sat in a chair and Yosef Mangala, 
you know, style electrocuted and messed with with psychedelics and probably electroshock and flashing lights and movies like Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. Yes, I do believe that MKUltra had experiments that use these methods in the 50s. Um, But I see that those experiments, I believe, were used to create pills like mood stabilizers and antidepressants and SSRIs and all these pills that make us disassociate because we live in a world full of trauma. And programming is given to us on a daily basis from our black box phones and our black box TVs. And that, my friends, is mind programming. That's the real MKUltra. It's not, you know, they talk about celebrities, how they're MKUltra and like specifically and it's done to them. But I just really think that this is being done to all of us every day. After doing ayahuasca, I learned about MKUltra. It was like one of the first things I learned about. And I believe that anytime you're using the spirit world to do like psychedelics or some kind of sacred medicine, or maybe you're using some kind of new age technique or neurofeedback or something, you're going to accelerate whatever you're trying to get from that. And I was trying to awaken even more and learn the hidden stuff going on in this world. Well, I learned about MKUltra, but the MKUltra I learned about was was the CIA MK Ultra, what you find on Wikipedia, and it was this like, you know, the 1950s Mangla experiments and the Nazis and uh, Project Paperclip and all that, and how they came here and the, in these concentration camps, they had been doing mind control experiments on people. And then I just really, that you know, was what I saw at first during the three years of madness. But then I started realizing that it was actually being done on a wide scale base to everybody through everyday life you can see it in the schools with kids with the pronouns and it's just obvious um even the cancel culture or like after being a liberal and a democrat that's another form of it like the mind programming is anytime you're they're using duality and they're using this to control people and control their minds and give them the illusion of choice like the hegelian dialect but it's just all leading to the same thing and it's the same thing that's been going on forever the egyptians were mind controlling the slaves and they were lobotomizing them and actually MK Ultra is first really seen in the Egyptian Book of the Dead which is a book about magic spells and how to hypnotize and mind control people it's nothing new under the sun and i really didn't understand these types of things until i read the bible ecclesiastes tells us king solomon warns us and tells us there's nothing new under the sun here they're doing the same thing now that they've always been doing and that's controlling us so i was you know, really clear of all of that in 2020, 2021. And then Jesus came into my life in 2021. And then I, I fell into a very misleading relationship with Christianity. What I see now is Gnostic Christianity and the charismatic movement of Christianity. And I am choosing to really stay strong. I believe in Jesus. That was God in the flesh. He is the door to God. He is the one who bridges us to God, the interceder. And there that's the only way to God. That's what I believe. Um, Christianity seems to have so many different mindsets that I don't even want to be use that word to describe myself because 
it's like triggering. You don't know. Okay, is it a Christian who believes in casting out demons? Is it a Christian that believes in Mother Mary, who's an idol statue? That's like Catholicism. Is it the charismatic movement? Is it a Christian that believes in speaking in tongues and laying in hands and healing people? I don't want... I, I, I just believe in Jesus because that's who I denied. That's who I didn't think existed. My testimony is that I became a believer in Jesus and I read the Bible and I'm a believer in the 66 um, canon of the Bible. I don't sit around. I've never read the book of Enoch, actually. I've only heard like parts of it. I don't read extra biblical texts like the Unseen Realm to get my information about God. I read the Bible. Um, I've been in the Unseen Realm. Like I don't need to read someone else's accounts on these things. I think we should use our own life experiences and then what God tells us through the Bible. Um, but I fell in 2020, I fell into a group, uh, like a belief or a mindset of Christianity that believed in deliverance. Um, the binding up and loosing and casting out um, spirits. I was being taught uh, very misleading stuff. And this is scary because when you are a new believer like me, I had no no one ever talked to me about God or the Bible, Jesus. I didn't even know that Catholics and Christians were the same when I became a believer. I didn't understand the different sectors of Christianity. I didn't know what Bible to read. I was totally lost, and I came out of the occult. So it was very appealing to me to be obsessed with demons and deliverance uh, when I first became a Christian because I had I knew the spirit world was a thing. I'd talked to it. I'd seen it. I had these experiences with the spirit world. I'd been possessed. I've had a mind I've mind melded with spirits. They've spoken through my mouth. Like I was a channeler. Like I've astral projected. Like I knew the spirit world was real. That was a big part of what brought me to God and to Jesus. When I read Matthew and heard Jesus casting out demons from people, I got it. it made sense to me. I would cry reading that. Like I've never cried so much reading a book like I have the Bible. During this time, I just fell deeper into the rabbit hole. I even started co-hosting a new podcast in 2022 that was all about conspiracies and rabbit holes and secret societies. And what I see now, it was all like really based around was this like QAnon narrative of conspiracies like Pizzagate and Epstein Island and MK Ultra and the Illuminati and everything's demonic and everything's satanic. And suddenly my world started becoming like I was blaming everything on demons. I was blaming my problems on demons, like my sins in my personal life on demons. Oh, it must be just a, a demonic oppression. Oh, this is a spiritual attack. Oh my gosh, this is happening in my life. That's a spiritual attack or that's MK Ultra or oh, look at that satanic and that and it was giving my mind like way too much time in like dark things and I started becoming obsessed with them and we were on the apple charts and then it hit me what are we doing on the apple charts why would apple promote us and I started talking to some other friends who were you know I'd been like talking about the occult stuff and rabbit holes and the conspiracy agenda and I started realizing that this awakening is being handled even bigger than any of us realize. And these conspiracies have been planted for us to become an echo chamber to, to just spread. This is literally like, this is 
they're bringing down the Masonic system. They're bringing down the secret societies. Like these celebrities may not even know that they've been doing one eyes or butterflies, all these things. This has just been twilight language and symbolization where something is put out there to symbolize something, but it doesn't even mean that. Like basically what I'm trying to say is I realized I was being programmed by conspiracy. The more I obsessed about it, the more credit I gave it, the more I looked into it, the more life it had and the more it was taking me over and it was making everything dark and I was blaming everything on demons and I wasn't taking accountability for my life, my walk with Christ and my sin, like, which I was like putting this conspiracy crap before God. And I this is another level of the madness and the three years of madness. And during this time, I was being judged by people like people would be like picking apart like me as a new believer. This podcast that had gotten so popular had a huge like um, following of people and they would I get messages like people judging my life, my my choices in life and what Bible I was reading. Was I practicing the Sabbath? They were making story threads about me, calling me trans um, saying I was Illuminati, putting my name in Gematria Finders, like to saying that I was a reptilian shapeshifter. Like th- it was crazy. Literally, I was just starting to see more and more insanity around me. And that's why I got the name symbolism syndrome, because I was like, this is symbolism syndrome. They're using the stuff that we're talking about on this podcast, and then they're putting it on me. And they're making these judgments about me. This is insane. Like this is literally like the conspiracy rabbit hole. Is, I'm not saying it's all lies. I'm not saying it's all deception. But the game here is to muddle the waters, like muddy the waters so that nobody knows what's true anymore. And in that time and that obsession, you program your mind to be honestly to become like a crazy conspiracy theorist, quote unquote, enlightened. You get enlightened into the, being an Illuminati member. What does the Illuminati do? They They talk about agendas. They are the ones that are promoting what they want us to do. This is Plato's allegory of the cave literally tells us this, that we're all watching a shadow show and that's the conspiracies, but they're coming from behind us. And once you figure that out, you can go into the second chamber and you can become a puppet in the system to promote it all. That's like selling your soul and getting rewarded of this world. But then what you're really supposed to do is realize it's all crap. Even like if you're just an people like to say you're an NPC, if you're not awake, you're just in this world wandering around living. That's what I guess I used to be. And until 2020, I woke up and I fell into the rabbit hole and I realized there was a rabbit hole full of conspiracies. Okay. That's like second chamber. First chamber is NPC. Second chamber is you realize something's going on. You get obsessed with conspiracy. The conspiracies start programming you. You see symbolism in everything all the time. This is the same thing as the new age, as the occult. They see symbols in everything too. I see now that that podcast needed to end. We got on the Apple charts because we were promoting the real agenda that's going on here. And it's the prideful conspiracy echo chamber. And it's full of basic symbolism that's mind programming people to become lost in the rabbit hole forever and to possibly think that the way out is through the charismatic movement. And that is a whole nother thing that I have been starting to see through right now, this revival stuff happening in Christianity, just the um, pride in Christianity that I don't want to be part of. 
Um, like I said, I'm a believer in Christ, but I just think that when you wake up as a new believer and if you're coming out of the occult, you need to be very careful that you don't just fall and grip onto a form of belief that is comfortable to you. And unfortunately, I think that people coming out of the occult, people in the awakening that don't have a strong foundation in God, they aren't able to discern God's voice like me, like they never went to church, they never studied the Bible, but they came out of the new age occult area, they are going to latch onto the charismatics because the charismatics is like a soft Christianity. It's like a soft opening for a restaurant, a soft opening into Christianity. And you're going to like the things you see because in the new age, they have energy healing which is literally like casting out and delivering demons that they do in the charismatic movement. As if Jesus doesn't deliver you with the Holy Spirit when you believe in him, you are saved by your faith. This is in the Bible. This is in the Gospels. We see Jesus healing people over and over again by their faith, mustard seed faith that can move a mountain. Not Jesus doesn't tell people you have to cast out demons, but this is comfortable for people that are coming out of the occult and the new age and the awakening because they're used to energy work, Reiki healing, um, you have people speaking what's called light language in the new age. That's where they speak glossiola, which is basically gibberish. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people who believe they speak in tongues might be speaking this demonic glossiola light language of the new age. You have the new age doing grid work where they're going and praying over the land and healing the land and reconnecting the ley lines. You have people in the charismatic Christian movement that are doing spiritual mapping, which is exactly like grid work. It's crazy. It like coming out of that and into Christianity and seeing that I was deceived by this charismatic movement that's like only really like had a revival since 1905, I believe. It's crazy when you look at the roots of things and you see that it's a movement right now and it's been popularized by design and it's not biblical. And I didn't realize this until I started reading the Bible for myself and being able to discern God's voice because I was reading I started reading it daily. I started studying it on my own. I didn't go to people I met online or look for guidance from some man or a woman. I went to God. We need to have faith, full faith, and that's what saves us. Not going back to man and looking for a method or a quick fix, just like we we're comfortable with before, but rather you start studying the word on your own and you, you know, or God's going to come in and he's going to humble you and straighten your path. Because 2020 ended with me, the three years of madness ended with me losing everything. I mean, I had lost my friends over the years, my best friends, because they were into the occult and the new age kind of beliefs and stuff. And we just like oil and water started, you know, I became a believer and parted ways, you know, I wish them the best. I pray for these, these people all the time. I always pray for those who have left my life and wish them the best. But, you know, I'd lost my best friendships. I lost um, just the things that I thought were important to me. And my relationships all around me were ending and crumbling and my jobs ending, crumbling. And then I lost my dog, Laika, which I've, you know, been very vocal about how much that hurt in me. She's my 14-year-old husky and I had to put her down the end of 2020. And that was it. That was the final straw. Um. You know, I, I losing her and being 40 and just like hit me. It's like this life is short 
and it's going to end for all of us. And this world is a fleeting moment, and we can't take anything from this world with us to the next. So what are we all doing here? How do I want to be spending my time? Do I want to be just like a conspiracy echo chamber, or do I want to really like help people and help people out? And how do I want to do that? And I really feel that the best thing for me is to put my book out and get my story out. And like, God really humbled me and brought me to my knees the end of 2020. After parading myself online and my awakening this whole time, and if you've been following me since 2020, you've seen me change an awful lot, fall deep into the crazy occult and magic and then channeling and galactic federation and then becoming a believer in Jesus but becoming very judgmental and believing in deliverance and the charismatics and being very righteous and um, absolutist and becoming a voice in the conspiracy echo chamber world of QAnon which I don't believe that stuff right now I don't I believe QAnon was, is some kind of supercomputer in a basement somewhere and I'm questioning every single conspiracy that came from it because like I said I do think things are going on kids are being trafficked sexual abuse happens I don't know about this symbolism, guys. I think that it can stand for one thing and it can end up programming you and taking over your mind. And I know I became part of that. Um, And God, you know, he pulled that all away from me and I created symbolism syndrome and I'm really hoping to talk about the things that are on, that are happening and, and decoding it in a way where you understand the agenda at play behind it and what's going on because it's going the stuff's going on they're messing with us what what programming are they really trying to do what game is being played here like the deception is so deep in this luciferian labyrinth and even beyond that this whole maze the matrix maze like coming out of it all and i do believe that there's just one door to escape and that's john 10 9 i do believe it's jesus and that's my story and that's what i've been through and come to and I'm at this place now where you know I just left the 40 years of wilderness wandering I just got out of the 3 years of madness and the only way that I feel I made it out was with the hand of God I'm really questioning what I want to share now on this podcast what I want to share on Instagram what I want to share online what kind of reels do I want to make I've been slowly trying to shift my content from like blatant conspiracy to more like, hey, did you think about why they're doing this? What all the symbolism's for? What, what, why all these rebirths? What's this enlightenment movement? What's this great awakening? Why is there so much division in the Christian church? Why is everybody throwing rocks at glass? Like we should just be like united as believers and in Christ and let, you know, these little differences go. We shouldn't be so prideful and evangelistic believing that we know the way when God's given us his word and he's very clear and it's very simple but you know like Paul warns in the Bible that he's afraid the Bible is too simple that people are going to keep searching for more knowledge and this hidden knowledge in the Bible and Christianity and the Nephilim and all that it's just conspiracy and so I may take some time off I don't know if I'm how quickly I'll put another episode out on this platform right now. I might take a month off. I don't know. I still have the membership, the friendship membership. And I do do some, you know, conspiracy-like episodes. But I'm talking about things as more entertainment value and 
also trying to explain the agenda behind this and what it really means in this world um, and not sharing things in a way that's going to further people into the rabbit hole and get them more lost, but rather help them find their way out. But I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not sure where I'm at. I just got out of the wilderness. I just got out of three years of crazy. I'm finally getting myself back and I'm really feeling like it's time to get my book out. So I'm really focused on that. And I just wanted to share a little bit with everybody what I've been going through, what's going on with me, but just know I might be taking a little bit of a break. I might not be posting as many reels right now. We'll see. When God gives me the ideas and shows me what he wants me to do, I'll move. But till then, thank you for being my friend. Uh, Thank you for making it through your wilderness. And I just pray for you all, and I appreciate your prayers, and I love you. And... We'll see each other soon on the other side. Thank you.